Well, you're in for a treat this morning. As I've already mentioned, we've got Teo Conda who's here, and uh, he's from Life Unlimited Church in Canberra, and uh, on the team for Sean and Linda Stanton, and uh, an incredible evangelist, and has such a heart for people. And you're going to be so blessed by the word today. And it's great to have friends visiting where you can just hang out over the weekend and laugh so much and have so much fun. And I just know you're going to be impacted by the word today. So would you put your hands together for Teo as he comes to bring the word this morning. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus in this place. Give it up for Jesus. Jesus. So good. So good. Ainsley, you're, you're all right on that thing. You're not bad. You're almost as, as good as me. It's amazing. Got some cool people here. And Mikey, you're not too bad either, mate. You're all right. He's not bad for an Asian. He's doing well. Let's give the team a hand. Let's give it up for Jesus. It is so good to be here, City Church. And uh, why don't you take a seat? Why don't you take a seat? So good, so good. What an honor it is to be here in the Blue Mountains. And uh, well done to the team who went to Japan. Um, you guys love Japan so much that they brought a Japanese guy back with them. <laughs> and now I am your sponsor child. So I need you to treat me really well. <laughs> My name's Teo. I'm from Life Unlimited Church. Been there for uh, over 12 years now with Pastor Sean and Linda Stanton. Um, if you haven't heard of Pastor Sean and Linda, uh, Pastor Sean is the National Secretary for our movement, so helping to look after over 3,000 churches, and it's such an honor to be serving with them in Canberra, and we're seeing God do incredible things in our church, and we're a multi-site church, and we're looking for another venue, and, and God's just really doing something significant in, in, in the different campuses that he's given us. And um, I just wanted to also say thank you so, so much to uh, Pastor Ben, a good friend of mine. You are one of the greatest encouragers. You are someone who is professional, articulate, wise, caring, considerate. You don't just speak. You think about what you say before you say it. And you guys, honestly, I've traveled to many churches even in the last six months and over 20 churches, whether it's speaking or whether it's being there. And honestly, I believe that you are blessed with the best. And Amy, I just wanted to say thank you to you as well. Uh, you are an amazing leader, and not everybody knows the stuff that we have to go through in life, the stuff that we have to endure, but if we all knew, or if everybody knew, we would be a lot more grateful for you, and you are someone who is resilient, you are someone who is sharp, and you love people dearly, you are faithful, and you're committed, and so I want to say thank you to you as well. So good, so good. So we're here at City Church, and... Uh, before we get into the word, why don't we pray? Father God, thank you so much for this morning. 
Thank you, Lord God, that you are here, Father God, to make a difference in our heart. I pray, Father God, that you would strengthen us, that you would give us a faith that believes for more. Father God, that you would heal us, Lord God, that your spirit, Father God, would tangibly be present in this place, Father. And thank you, Lord God, that nothing is impossible because you are for us and you are not against us, Lord God. You are a good, good Father. You want the best for us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. So, so, so good. I wanted to say, um, where, where's Pam? She was, Pam, I just wanted to say, I've never met you, but I love you. <laughs> you are awesome. Just your spirit, just, just being here and, and seeing you and being around in the same atmosphere as you, I just feel so happy. You are just such a blessing, and I know that you're a pillar in the house here, and I just want to say thank you for just serving God, loving people, and why don't we give it up for Pam? You're great. You're great. We need more Pams in this world. (laughs) So, so good. And... uh, I believe that in life that we all uh, have adversities, that we all have trouble, that we all have pressure in our life. I believe that the pressure that comes along in life, it doesn't just happen to bad people, but pressure and trouble comes along and knocks on the door uh, at good people's houses. And no matter who we are, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, we will all face trouble, pressure and problems in our life. And sometimes our perspective of the trouble and the mess and the pressure is it is our enemy. But I believe this morning, I believe that our pressure isn't our enemy, but it should be our greatest friend. And that God can turn all things around for our benefit and use it for good in our life. And what the enemy intended for harm in our life, God can use it for good in our life. Let's give God a hand. I just believe He's a good God. I believe He's a faithful God. I believe that God is powerful. It says this in the word in John chapter 16, verse 33. If you want to turn, if you've got your Bibles, if you've got your iPhones, if you're not as faithful to Jesus and you've got your Samsung, (laughs) hopefully you can make it work this morning. If you love God, you'll get your iPhone out. (laughs) Samsungs. We don't like Samsungs in Canberra. Says this in John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Turn to the person next to you and say, Peace. So that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. It doesn't say you may have trouble. It doesn't say perhaps trouble will come knocking at your door. It doesn't say if you do bad things or if you do the wrong thing, then maybe there will be trouble. It says, no, 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 no. There will be trouble. There will be trouble. But then it goes on to say, but take heart. Turn to the person next to you who you neglected at the start and say, but take heart. <laughs> I have overcome the world. I have overcome 
the world. So no matter what situation that we go through, no matter what circumstance faces us, no matter how bad things can seem, and no matter if, whether we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, who knows that God is a good God, that God is a faithful God, God is a powerful God, and all things are possible because He is for us and not against us. And no matter what you're going through, turn to the person next to you and say, God's got you. God's got you, no matter what, no matter what. And so you may look at me this morning and see, okay, this guy's probably, he's grown up in the church or, you know, he's, he's grown up his whole life serving in church and he's been a pastor for a while and, and he's had a good life and it's actually quite the opposite. I grew up in a place called King's Cross, turn to the other person next to you and say, ooh, <laughs> Born on Oxford Street, right next to a nightclub, and then raised in government apartments in King's Cross. Six of us in a family in a commission house, a commission apartment, with two bedrooms, tiny bedrooms, so they squashed us all in there. And so growing up, my father was, uh, he, he was definitely an alcoholic, and so every day he would consume a lot of alcohol. Uh, we had uh, drug dealers that lived next door. Uh, my oldest brother became a drug dealer and the brother under him became a fugitive because he got into some trouble with the police and he was on the run. And the brother that's under him, he um, was also in a gang and he also uh, sold drugs for a living. And so I had three brothers, but in the Blue Mounds I hear you got the three sisters. Yeah. <laughs> and they're a bit prettier. <laughs> I guarantee you, they're a lot prettier. <laughs> and so, growing up in that household, it was crazy. It was crazy. There was trouble at every corner. And I used to wonder, God, why would you allow me to go through what I have been through? Now that I look hindsight, I used to ask those questions to God. Why would you allow this trouble to come upon my life if you love me and you've got good things for me? If your word promises goodness and your word promises mercy, then why am I in this situation? Why have you dealt me such bad cards? I used to ask questions like that. And in the midst of chaos, in the midst of trouble, where I felt like I was experiencing abuse and neglect, and I didn't have a family, I felt in my heart where I belonged. And the words that were spoken over my life were negativity, and I will never amount to anything, I'll never accomplish anything significant in my life, that I was a waste of space, and I was a mistake. And, and my mother, just even not long ago, just a year ago, said to me, we almost lost you, Teo. I felt that you were never going to come back. And I felt that when you had those two or three years where you were in utter darkness, I... I didn't know who you were. You changed as a person and you became so dark and you became so lost that I thought I would never get you back. And in the midst of this craziness, there's court cases happening and there's police that are knocking on our door and my brothers are in court cases, um, multiple court cases, and I'm going through a court case in the midst of chaos where my girlfriend decides to break up with me. I get a phone call from my brother and he says, Tao, you need to rush to the hospital because something has happened. There is a problem. A problem has taken place. And you need to rush to the hospital because dad, the father that you barely even know, is in the hospital and he's taken too many substances. And you need to be there so you can say goodbye to him right now because they don't 
think that he's got long to live. They are literally saying goodbye to him now. And so I rushed to the hospital as a teenager and I head to the area where people are dying and I see my father there on a deathbed and I walk up to my father and in my heart there's there's no love there there's a distance there's a disconnection I didn't feel like I knew who he was I didn't even know what his favorite color was I I felt incredibly angry and bitter towards him I had no affection no emotion it was cold there was no attachment there was nothing there that connected us and I held him in my arms And there and then, during my teenage years, my father died in my arms from an overdose. And after that, not long after that, I would ask questions to God. Why, God, would you allow these things to happen in my life? Why would you allow this trouble to come upon me? Why? And I didn't even go to church I'd never been to church ever growing up. We weren't Christians. We were very ungodly as a family unit. And so I'd never been to church. And but I, as even a Christian now, I'd ask some questions. And I'd say, God, why would you have dealt me such bad cards? And sometimes the trauma in our life can creep back back up in our life and pop its head up and say hello just letting you know that I'm still here and I've given my life to Christ but there's still a little bit of trouble every now and then that pops up in our life wonder why we have trouble in our life I wonder why as a society as a generation we are filled with anxiety I wonder why there is trouble I wonder why we have problems and I was wondering why I had problems in my life, and I was at the backyard of my house quite a few years ago, and I was just having a, a day where I was complaining. It feels good sometimes to feel sorry for yourself. <laughs> feels really good. I mean, in our marriage with Lucy and I, she's uh, my beautiful wife, a wonderful woman, and we've got two boys, Sammy, who's seven, and Isaac, who's five. If the marriage is going really good for so long, I like to create an argument just for some drama. <laughs> What about? I don't know. Think of something. I think it's too cruisy. I don't like cruisy. I like a journey. I like an adventure. I'm like, Lucy. She goes, what? She's Aboriginal, so she will fight me and beat me up. So <laughs> got be, to be kind. I'm Japanese. She's Aboriginal. Our boys are now Jap originals. <laughs> so I'm like, Lucy. She's like, what? I'm like... Nutri-grain. She goes, what about it? I go, there's too much sugar in it. She goes, shut up. <laughs> She's trying to think of something. Some drama. I'm like, God. I'm out the backyard and I'm pumping one of those action water guns, you know, those ones that you pump up. And I've got every intention to shoot my son Samuel in the head with it. <laughs> I'm pumping it. I'm like, God, why have you dealt me such bad cards? Why have there been so many problems? If you love me, and if you care for me, and if you were there for me, why did you allow these things to happen in my life? You said that you cared. Then where were you, God? And then I continued to pump the gun. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I was pumping the gun, looking at Samuel. 
and I was expecting him to say, don't shoot him in the head. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit said to me, crazy, he said this, pump harder and apply more pressure on the gun. I'm like, what? Pump harder and put more pressure, more pressure, more pressure on the gun. More pressure, Tao. More pressure, Tao. And I'm pumping away. More pressure, Tao. More pressure, Tao. More pressure, Tao. I'm pumping the gun. More pressure. More pressure. Now he said, shoot it over your roof and point it towards your neighbor's roof. And so I shot it and it went over my roof and over my next door neighbor's roof. And he said, see, Tao. The more pressure I have allowed in your life is the further that I can take you. Come on, somebody, give God a hand. The more pressure that you've been through is the more influence that you can have because if you've never had any experiences in your life, then how can you help people? Because when you go through things that other people have gone through, then you can help them. You've got a heart that breaks for them and you're able to support them and encourage them. Teo, do you not see that it is the pressure that will propel you to your purpose? It is the pain that will give you a platform. It is the pressure. Sometimes we see the pressure as our greatest enemy, but let me propose to you this morning that pressure should be our greatest friend. There is purpose in the pressure and there is a godly plan in the pain that we go to. Let's give God a hand for that. He's a good, good father. God, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I'm not convinced. All right, let me convince you, Taya. Why have I been through the fire? Because sometimes when we go in the fire, we come out and sometimes we still smell of that fire because of the pain that we've been through, God. Why is it that you've allowed me to go through the fire? I don't know if you've heard of a smelter. It is something that melts gold. And what the smelter does is it heats up to a temperature over 1,600 degrees Celsius and they crank it up. They crank it up, they put gold in there, they crank it up to get all the impurities out of the gold so that it can be used for something wonderful, so that it can be put on the top of a mantelpiece. And I felt like the Holy Spirit says, I am refining you. I am refining you. This fire has a purpose to it so I can put you somewhere where you can shine my light. Come on, somebody, where you can shine for my purposes, for my plans over your life so you can do something incredible and where people can look at you and see me as a reflection I want to put you up there so people can see you don't see the fire as the enemy but the fire is refining your very life the fire is refining our very life Job chapter 23 it says this when he has tested me I will come forth as gold when he has tested me then I will come forth as gold tests trials rejoice praise when you position yourself in praise you can no longer focus on the problem because you are in an attitude of gratitude saying thank you God it is a position that you find yourself postured in that gives you the right perspective that God wants you to have to overcome every obstacle in your life so no matter what comes your way you can say thank you God If someone gives you the the middle finger on a traffic light, you say, thank you, Jesus. I feel like giving one back. 
but he probably goes to my church, so I won't. <laughs> Otherwise, you better watch out next time. I'll get my Jap originals out. What did he say, Dad? Comes out with chopsticks going for a hunt. I'll get him dead. I'll get him dead. Talk about an identity crisis there. Hunting animals with chopsticks. I caught him in the backyard. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm an Aboriginal. Japanese. Kill animals with chopstick. <laughs> Bro, you're weird. You need help. <laughs> it's the fire that refines our very life. And so Moses is trying his very best, isn't he, to get his people out of captivity, to get out of a place of problems, to get people out of a place of trauma and trial and slavery and darkness and bondage and captivity. And he gets a word from God and God says, I've got a promise for you. And I want you to possess this promise. But in order to possess the promise, you need to have that faith that perseveres. If you want to possess the promises that I have for you. And so Moses says, hey boys, hey girls, pack your bags. We're going to go to the promised land. And who knows when God speaks a word and he says, I've got a promise for you. Who knows that sometimes up comes the problem in the form of the Red Sea. And so he's going towards the promise that God has for him. And all of a sudden he wants to possess those promises. But does he have the faith to persevere when the problem jumps up and says, you shall not pass, like Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you shall not pass. There is a problem. There is a red sea that is the problem. This problem, this pressure in my life is my enemy. It is here to stop me from attaining the promises of God. And then all of a sudden he says, no, I'm going to have a faith, not just a faith for now, not just a faith, an explosive faith for an event or for a circumstance, a faith that says this is my state of being. This is something consistent. I've chosen to follow Jesus and I'm going to continue to trust in him no matter what the situation is going to look like. So I speak to you, Red Sea, and I tell you to open up in Jesus' name. In the name of God, the creator of the universe, open up and the Red Sea opens up. They get through to the promised land through generations. But what happens with the Red Sea? It swallows up all the enemies. I've got a word for you this morning. Your problem has arrived and he's popped up his head, but I feel I've got a word from God on my heart for you that your problem isn't your greatest enemy. It is your greatest friend. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to you, there is favor that is knocking on your door. It is going to swallow up all the enemies, all the enemies. All the enemies in your life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. All the enemies are going to be swallowed up as you have a faith that perseveres. As you don't just choose to believe and trust in God for today, but you choose to trust in God no matter what happens, no matter what the weather is. We went to Wollongong the other day and it was raining. I messaged my friend who's a friend in Wollongong. And I blamed it on him. I said, you are a horrible person. You, it's your fault. This place is not good at all. <laughs> when we go through things in life, we like to point the finger and blame and have a whole list of excuses of why I'm not doing well. 
And all of a sudden, we're not moving forward in life because we're not taking responsibility because we're pointing at the people that did this or the people that said that or the situation that turned out like that. And we're not growing and we're not moving forward because we're not seeing the blessing of God in the midst of the problem. And it's actually purpose that God has given us through the pain that we endure. And so I go back. I'm at the hospital. And I'm holding my father in my arms. Just as a teenager. And as I said, there was no love in me towards him. There was no feeling of connection whatsoever. But as I looked in his eyes, who knows that the eyes are the windows to the soul. As I looked deep into his eyes, I felt love for the first time. And even though I never went to church, I felt that there was a voice, a whisper in my spirit, in my heart, saying, forgive him, Teo. Even though he was never there, even though he said those negative things, even though he hit you in that way, even though he said those words to you, he was never there for you. Love him and forgive him. So I looked into his eyes as I held him. And I said, I love you, Dad. I love you. And he said, Tao, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for not being there for you. I've got so many regrets in my life. I'm so sorry that I said those things to you. I'm so sorry that with you and the three boys, look what's happened. Look at where you've ended up. I'm so sorry that I wasn't there. It was my own depression. It was my own hurt. It was my own pain. I was bottled up in pain and I couldn't move forward. I couldn't break free. I just saw my problems as the end and I didn't see them as a beginning. Teo, forgive me. And then he said these words I'll never forget. He said, Teo, I love you. I love you. And then he said, no matter what you do in life, follow Jesus. And then he died in my arms. And I was confused because he wasn't a Christian. He didn't read the Bible. We didn't go to church. I, I, I was confused. So I, I complained and I, I said to the nurse in palliative care, and I said to the nurse in emergency, I said, what is going on? And why is my father telling me to follow Jesus? Why is he telling me not to look at the problem as the end, but to look at the problem as the beginning? What is going on with my dad? I know one thing about my dad, and that is it. He's not a Christian. That's all I know about him. So you tell me what is going on right now. I'm not leaving this place until you explain what is going on. She goes, I'm so sorry, Taylor. I'm so sorry. Like I thought that I didn't know what this lady walked into the, the hospital. She didn't, she didn't even have a permit. But, but I thought she was from the surgical unit because she kept saying, open up your heart. Open up your heart. Open up your heart. We just thought, yeah, come through. You're an operator. That's fine. And then we thought she was, she was playing kids games. Kids games like Duck, Duck, Goose. She was doing these ones, going around everybody, everyone, and everyone's crying and saying, God, I need you. And we realized very quickly that she was religious and all these people were crying. There was over 10 people with tears streaming down their eyes. And it was like they were touched by a high 
higher being, a higher power. And they said, Jesus, come in my life. And your father was the last person to let Jesus come into his heart. And he saw a vision of a man in a white robe on the top of a staircase. And the, white, and the man in the white robe said, come to me. And your father is totally devoted to Jesus Christ a day before he died. Death, death brings life and the grave sets us free. The, the situations in our life that seem broken, the situations in our life that seem lost, the situations in life that it feels like it's the end, we can't see the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And God says, no, 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 you don't understand. It is the cross that brings freedom. It is a symbol of death. And so whenever I allow you to go through a situation, it's not because I want you to be hurt. And it's not because I don't love you. It's because I know that there is power on the other end. I know that there is freedom on the other end. I know that there's something greater on the other end. And I've allowed you to go through it because I believe in you and I love you. I've got a purpose and a plan for you. You see, I encountered God in a powerful way. I got on my knees and I repented. And I said, God, because the power of God hit me. It hit me so powerfully. I got on my knees and I said, Jesus, I'm so sorry for my sin. Take me, Lord God. I will never look back at my past. I promise God I will live faithfully. I had such a fire in my belly as I prayed that I felt a million kilograms lift off my shoulders. And I could see colors for the first time. I could see, I could smell flowers for the first time. All this hurt and all this pain, it lifted off me and I could feel peace. I felt loved. I felt loved. Give God a hand. I felt loved. I felt loved. The transformative power is in the cross. The power of God is through death. And we rise. We all rise and shine because of the death in our life. We have purpose. Our purpose comes alive because of the dead situations in our life. Because God is a God that puts a spirit in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in in you lives in you nothing is impossible come on now nothing is impossible all things are made possible now we have his joy we have his spirit we have his power i'm gonna ask everybody to close their eyes across this place because there's some people with some problems and i've got a strong sense in my spirit that god's going to turn it around for you but there's also some people here this morning just like I reconciled with my father, my biological father, there is some people here this morning. You need to reconcile with your heavenly father. Oh, you said life has not turned out the way I wanted it to, God. You've dealt me some bad cards. And for some reason, there is not that peace and intimacy with the father. There's not that connection, that emotion that you say, I love you. And I know you love me. I believe there are some people here this morning. You need to reconcile with your father. You need to receive his love this morning and let him tell you that he loves you. And then tell him that you love him. There are some people that have turned their back on God unintentionally. But because of the bad things that have happened in your life, the road got rocky. 
Your life went from left to right, and for some reason, you don't even pray as much anymore. You don't even read the Bible as much. There's not a fire in your belly, and God's saying, today is the day. Some of you, you think that, you think that tomorrow is promised to you. I thought tomorrow was promised to my dad. I thought tomorrow was promised to him, but the Bible says that tomorrow is not promised to us. Anything can happen to us tomorrow. And that's why the Bible says that salvation is now. Now is the time of salvation. Today is the day for salvation. Now is the time. And some people are coming back to the Father, reconciling with Him. And some people are saying, Jesus, take away this pain. And you're coming back to the Father. And you're accepting Jesus on the count of three. If you were here and you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him and come back home to the Father, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. One, God loves you. Two, He's got a purpose and plan over your life. Three, why don't you slip up your hand right now in the presence of God. You want to say yes. Awesome, I see that hand. You want to say yes, I'm coming back to the Father. I'm coming back to the Father. So good. Anybody else? Yes, great. I see that hand. You're saying, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I choose to trust you this morning. I open up my heart to you. Come on. The Holy Spirit's moving. We're going to give some time now. Is there anybody else you want to say yes to Jesus this morning and reconcile with your Father. So good. You're so good, God. You're so good. Why don't we pray this prayer after me with our eyes closed and our heads bowed. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for freedom. It is your love that sets us free. I choose to love you to follow you and to be your disciple, to show your love to others. I commit my life to you because you have great plans for me. Thank you for your forgiveness. I am made whole. I am made clean in your presence. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a hand. Let's give God a hand. Let's give God a hand. Oh, you can do better than that. There's freedom. There's power. Stand up to your feet. Let's stand up to your feet. Come on. In the presence of God. And let's fix our eyes on Jesus this morning. Oh, Lord God, you are the author and finisher of our faith, Lord God. You have our purposes in your hands, Father. And there are some people here this morning. Just need to open up your heart and say, God, I choose to trust in you. And the perspective that I have of the problem today, I'm going to choose to position myself in praise and be grateful. The attitude of gratitude in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship God in this place. Come on, let's worship God.